0: Welcome to People Don't Think. Let's start today. A podcast hosted by Norb Savanacini, founder of AmericanEagle.com and Al Edwards. Norb, here we are before the mics once again. It's always a pleasure to be with you. How are you today?
1: Uh, very well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. And uh, again, we always start with giving thanks for this gift we get every day. That's why it's called the present. And I'm ready to go.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. So I'm excited about this particular podcast because the title of it is that pessimism does not exist in nature. The way we came up with this idea was really interesting because Norb actually had said something. I think it was in the podcast prior to the last one. And by the way, folks, if you have not heard all of our podcasts or any of them, we invite you to please do that. This is number eight. So we're really on a roll here. We hope that uh, you'll take a moment and listen to some of them. But Norb was talking about there was a very bad storm here in Chicago about a month back and um, he has a plant on his balcony and his daughter was watering the plant and there was a little bird in there. She got startled, and the bird flew out, and lo and behold, there was a little tiny egg there. And we were talking about that, how amazing that was, and it occurred to us that nature just seems to have this infallible faith that things are always going to work out. It got us to thinking that we think we're so highly above animals and so intelligent, and, and we certainly are, these little creatures seem to feel like things are always going to work out. And it seems like we're the only ones that have invented pessimism. So, Norb, that that little egg story really got me thinking about some of this stuff.
1: And, you know, that is a very, very interesting thing that you said, because, you know, to follow up on that, there were two eggs there. My daughter didn't actually see one. Two little birds came out, and they actually survived the storm where the the actual nest fell out and and i don't know how in the world they got back into the nest but they did they flew out and then the parents i guess it's the parents i, I don't didn't identify the birds but they came back and they laid another two eggs and then those hatched and and those are gone now it's gone and it's it's mid august so i i don't think there'll be any more eggs laid but you don't know but you know the interesting part about this thing about nature being positive is there's an element in nature that only exists among humans, and that is money. And positive things don't cost any money. So humans that justify their existence and to make money, they actually, there seems to be an incredible ability to create problems for people because people actually you know they like to worry to begin with It's this natural thing we all worry and being positive is, is something that if we just look at nature we can just see that you know it's there but just think of this you you watch television you listen to the radio and you all you hear is about negative things and you know like anxiety the masses are anxious so here's a drug to cure it or you know, everybody's depressed, so uh, we have to visit uh, our psychiatrists, or you have to, you know, share these thoughts with groups, and and these groups talks about negativity and how to cope with these negative feelings. You know, after a while, you think, oh my God, you know, this is just horrible, all this stuff. But in back of this, there's a tremendous amount of people that make so much money with these problems that they just keep it going. Because if they didn't keep it going, they couldn't buy their homes in Bar Harbor or uh, Malibu. You know, they would actually have to actually get out of bed and produce something. Produce
0: something, I was just gonna uh, say that.
1: Something that's valuable. But nature is, is just a phenomenal thing. You know, I was driving to Iowa. Actually, we're very, very fortunate that we actually do a site for the Field of Dreams. I'm sure most of the people that are listening to this have seen the movie. If you haven't, I recommend it highly. It's a very American movie, but it's also about nature, and and it's a very positive movie. But going over there, which took us about three hours, and we were redirected because there was a big problem in in a little town that we had to go through. Uh, We were rerouted through hundreds of acres, thousands of acres of corn And the corn right now is really high, it's 10 feet easy, and and it's just incredible. And you know, when you think that, going back to Earl Nightingale, which was our guru, and we always liked it, the mind is like soil, and whatever you plant, it will give you back. So you know, this farmer doesn't plant poison, which by the way, the ground would be equally as happy to give it back to you. They plant corn, and that corn feeds an incredible amount of the world, not only in America, but the world, and it actually provides, you know, gasoline for some cars, and and it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal thing to watch, and it's, the land is there for free. I mean, nobody actually created this land. It was given to us, and that's the most important thing about being positive, is that appreciate the things that are there for you for nothing and uh you know don't listen to all these people you know you watch tv today and i don't know i think i mentioned this before in another podcast but uh americans take uh, you know the great majority of drugs in the world that are consumed in the drug not only illicit drugs but prescription drugs and everything you see on tv is these drugs being promoted oh you got this you got this you got this Well. There's a very interesting study about a few places on earth where people live to be well over a hundred. And one of the most common traits is that they hardly take anything. And and one of them is, they're very varied all over the world. One of them is in Japan. Uh, The other one, uh, there's one in Greece. I think there's two in Italy. And there's another one in Spain someplace, I believe. And these are all people that are very much into nature. They don't live in big cities. That's one of the uh, keys. And I'm not really recommending that or anything, but it's just a fact. But negativity doesn't seem to enter into their mindset. They they work hard till their nineties, till their hundreds. Uh they're happy people and uh they don't take any kind of drugs or anything. They just eat whatever the soil gives them. And obviously the soil is a lot different in Japan than it is in Greece or Italy. So you know, it it isn't one area of the world that does it. It's just some groups of people that learn how to live positively.
0: Yeah, I I love that. And I love the idea of the corn. You know, we always go back to Earl Nightingale that, as you say, the ground was given to us for nothing, and it will return anything that is planted. And that's a great segue to talk about our first point uh, as it relates to there doesn't seem to be any negativity in nature. And uh, the first one is that it just really seems that uh, all the creatures of the wild have this undoubtable faith and they act on that faith that everything is going to work out. Does it always work out? Of course not. As Norb mentioned, you know, sometimes eggs crack or the birds fall out of the trees and of course some die and everything. And that's really not negative, but the animals go through this process of really believing and believing versus instinct. You know, we can debate that, but their action is still the same. They believe, they take the action because they believe it's going to work out. I've never seen a bird sitting on a telephone wire doubting itself of whether it can make a nest. You don't have any insecure animals who uh, are about to take an action and they're really wondering if they can do it and therefore they sabotage themselves before they even try to do it.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's kind of funny, we talked about the soil and Earl Nightingale, but one thing we didn't say is that he compares the soil to our mind, and we have to plant positive thoughts to get positive results. You know, even the New York Times, which is a a newspaper of great renown and very, very well-respected in the world, has an interesting article which is more intellectual than what we're talking about. But I'm quoting, behavioral scientists have spent a lot of time studying what makes us happy and also what doesn't. We know that happiness can predict health and longevity and happiness scales can be used to measure social progress and the success of public policies. But happiness isn't something that happens to you. Everyone has the power to make small changes in our behavior, our surroundings, and our relationships that can help us on the course for a happier life. Now, that is incredibly basic. You know, sometimes sophisticated publications such as the New York Times can get basic and actually explain things that are very logical. Just be happy, you're gonna be more successful. You're gonna make better progress in life and, and you're just gonna live longer. So why in the world wouldn't you try to be more positive? That's what we're actually talking about. This is why we call this the whole group of programs, people don't think. They don't think that a basic thing like thinking positive will make your life better.
0: Absolutely. And uh, that's a perfect segue into about thinking and uh, not only about ourselves, but a lot of people get almost emotionally paralyzed about what other people think of them. And uh, in a previous podcast, Norb was talking about critics, that there's no school that you can get a degree in and be a critic. There's no qualification. So it doesn't really matter what people think. And particularly for people who are trailblazers and are doing new things. So I was thinking about this as an example in nature. And every springtime, friends, as I'm sure everyone's aware, the proverbial dandelions come up, the beautiful yellow dandelions, and everybody hates the dandelions. And the first thing they see, running over to the hardware store, and they're buying all the chemicals, to kill the dandelions. I guess I'm a little on the frugal side. I just tend to run them over with my lawnmower. I don't try and kill them with chemicals. And I I realized like this too shall pass, just like we've talked about in other times, the dandelions do wind up going away. But my point is, these little yellow flowers that are quite beautiful, if you ever took a look at them, they don't give a rat's behind what other people think about them. They are going to sprout and grow and progress as best they can, no matter what. Everyone hates them. Uh, now, of course, they're plants. They don't know everyone hates them. But You understand my point is that they don't care that they're, pla- they're, that they're hated. They just do what they're going to do. Just like in Buddhism, the Buddhist flower or official plant of Buddhism is the lotus. And the reason for that is the lotus grows in the dirtiest, most horrible pond and water. And no matter where it comes from, it grows up into this beautiful plant and flower, no matter what its foundation was. So I was thinking about that. Dandelions don't give a damn what we think about them. They do their thing anyway.
1: (laughs) You know, this is uh, one of the things that I'm the most proud about doing this podcast and the few people that listen to us, hopefully it'll get better. But Al and I, and and I hate to keep repeating this, we never practice this. And it's very clear, folks, most of the time. And we have a lot of ideas and, you know, we have a gentleman here who's our director and and he says, what are you guys gonna talk about? And he always kind of smiles because we tell him, we really don't know, we just make it up as it goes. But, you know, what Al just said is something incredible. Two things come from that speech he gave, which I never heard before. I never even heard about it. First of all, there's a lot of societies, uh, especially in the Mediterranean, that actually actually extract the dandelion from the ground and make salads out of it, and, and right. they make dandelion salads. So, you know, they're looking at the dandelion not as a weed, but as a positive thing to feed. And I'm sure these, these people that, you know, live to over 100 probably eat dandelion salads because it's probably something good. The other thing, which is kind of interesting, two things came from that, is that I had a secretary one time who was just a wonderful lady. She came from New Zealand, and uh, she had a name that meant much happiness in the New Zealand language. She was just a wonderful lady. And she introduced me to a guy that, I don't know if we mentioned it before in this program, but his name was Leo Buscaglia, who was a teacher in, uh, I think, UCLA or USC, that, and he taught love, which is kind of interesting. But she was a big follower of Leo Buscaglia, and I had a small company in a, in a place, and it had an alley that was really filthy with a lot of uh, petroleum products and, and just garbage in general. And out of this incredibly lousy-looking alley, there was an incredible flower that sprouted among all these things. And she came to me and she says, look at this, look at this. Look how this flower is blooming around all this. How beautiful this is. And uh, she introduced me to Leo Buscaglia. I I hope you, whoever listens to this, uh, he's on YouTube. He wrote a lot of books. He's, uh, he passed away, but Leo Buscaglia was a very, very interesting man. And uh, he also was obviously a very much believer in positive thoughts and, and love. And I recommend it highly. I'm glad you introduced that thing about the dandelions, because that's, you know, that's what motivated me to tell those two stories. That,
0: that's right. <laughs> and, uh, Friends, this is a good opportunity to announce that Norb and I are going into the dandelion salad business. Uh, So call us next spring; we'll come over, he and I personally, and cut up all your dandelions, and we're going to make a fortune on it. So, but uh, I love the story about the uh, beautiful flower in the dirty alley, and that's uh, exactly the next thing I've observed in nature, and uh, and that is that nature looks for opportunities; it doesn't look for problems. Norb was talking on a previous podcast about how. A lot of immigrants who come to this country are really better Americans than those of us who have been born here because they understand the promise. They understand, they look at the opportunities and not the problems. And I think nature is exactly that same way. You've seen this, we've all seen this, the proverbial little plant that grows in the crack in the sidewalk. And again, I'm not trying to put human traits on plants and animals and all that stuff. But if you think about it, that flower in the alley that was among all this horrible stuff, or the little tiny plant that's blossoming out of the dirt in the crack that only is probably two inches thick, somehow in its in nature, it saw an opportunity to grow. It didn't look for all the problems. It didn't say, oh my God, look at this alley. I better go look for a better alley somewhere in the north shore of Chicago, or I'm not going to grow my little plant here in this crack in the sidewalk because who does that? That's crazy. But the little plant and the horrible alley flower, that we'll call it now, in a way, symbolically, and somehow in the nature of genetics, saw an opportunity to grow something, and it didn't. It didn't look for the problems, it looked for the opportunity.
1: Yeah, it it had an inborn trait of faith that, you know, it grew there because it could, and it didn't think about, well, maybe I won't survive this, or maybe, you know, this is the place to do it. He had the potential, it had the potential to grow, so it grew. Now, Every one of us is given to us at birth for free. The ability to think, going back to the title of our show that I'm proud of, so is Al, is people just don't think. Uh, Just think about that. You're born, you're given all this stuff. I mean, Helen Keller, an example of somebody that wasn't given all the traits that the average person gets, still survived. Made a great life out of herself. And there's thousands of people with handicaps that have survived the handicaps and actually made, you know, that handicap the positive part about themselves. They weren't saying, oh my God, I got this handicap. No, no, they said, well, I got this handicap. I'm going to make the best out of it. And that's what positive thinking is, you know. And, and one of the things that, about nature, you have an ice storm. I mean, if you live in, a, in the northern climates, uh, you have ice storms. And, and, you know, a lot of Tree branches break, and that revives the tree, it prunes the tree, nature prunes like that and and snowstorm uh, you know farmers in the midwest like snowstorm because it it actually moistens the soil and and when spring comes, that soil is ready to reap the rewards of the seeds being planted and it's all positive, it's all positive even- even you know tornadoes and and hurricanes it it cleans things you know it's it's Cleanliness is is part of godliness, and and that's part of nature's cleaning. We might not like it because it's cleaning things that we built, but you know, uh, just think of that. Uh, uh, whole societies have have been torn down, and people have rebuilt them, and for better. And when we discover things in in uh, that the Romans have done two thousand years ago, or the Egyptians, you know, were awed at this, and some of them have been buried and but humans have the resiliency to to come back and and do something positive, build stuff. So uh, that's what we're trying to say here. Positive thinking gets positive results. It's that basic.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And we were talking about that earlier, actually, about how we perceive things to be negative. Like, ah, storm today, and I've got a picnic at 12 o'clock. And Our perception is the storm is negative or the tree branches all fell off or the forest fire burned half of the forest down. It's not negative. That's how nature, like you said, replenishes itself. I understand some trees' seedlings will only open if they're exposed to fire, things of that nature. And that is really our next point that I think is a good one to bring up in that nature keeps coming back no matter what. And I was thinking about uh, weeds. Uh, I was thinking about this a lot while I was mowing my lawn, believe it or not. I was looking around all this nature and thinking about analogies. I heard someone say one time, it was pretty funny. They said, you know, you never really get rid of weeds. You just keep them at bay. And if you really think about it, it's true. I was, uh, I have this planter in my yard that I didn't put anything in this year. And of course, weeds started growing it. So I went over there thinking I was going to control this. And I pulled all the weeds out and threw them on the lawn and thought oh good now i have an empty clean planter (laughs) don't you know a week later the weed started coming up again and it's just a great example how nature just will not give up perseverance it goes back to what henry ford said about you know people don't fail they just stop trying i don't think there's a weed in the world that you can actually stop you can just keep them at bay
1: i don't know it's very true and the interesting part about that is that it's like that with everything you know I've had an experience in the last uh, two weeks that I didn't appreciate. Uh, I was bitten by a wasp, and uh, that wasp was protecting its territory. And, of course, <laughs> I didn't like it. It hurts, by the way. But uh, they're doing their job. You know, they're they're being positive about what what they're doing. They're protecting whatever they're trying to do. And, and I understand that. Uh, you know, I, I was wondering, what's the purpose of a wasp? Because I really didn't know that. But they feed on spiders. And it's kind of funny because I didn't know that. So they're actually doing a service. Uh, <laughs> right. and, and,
0: uh, <laughs> Not to the spiders, though. They yeah, don't yeah, like it. Yeah.
1: So, so the great architect who we talk about designed this in a way that, you know, there's checkpoints for everything. And that's, it's all positive. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you want to talk about wasps. This is something that just <laughs> happened to me two days ago. This is crazy. So I decided I'm going to repaint my porch at the house and um, I wanted to power wash it because it was dirty and I was trying to get some old paint off and everything. And my front faucet in the front of my house, I have one of those styrofoam covers on it that you, you know, you put over the winter to insulate it. Uh, And I forgot to take it off because I don't use the front hose too much. And I look at it and there's a hole in it and I'm like, what in the heck happened here? So I take it off. Oh my God. And don't you know, some wasps got through the thing, dug it with their little claws or whatever they do, they got through it. And not only that, they built a little nest. And that nest has a little stem and a little foundation on it that was stuck to the side of this thing. So of course, I ran off like a little girl with all these wasps running around. But I thought to myself, my God, how did these animals know how to do this? You know, it takes human beings 22 years to go to college to learn how to build a bridge or have a building stand up and not fall down. These tiny little insects knew positively that they were somehow going to burrow into this styrofoam thing and not only just get in there, but build a little house and a little cave for themselves. The good news is, is that uh, I did take care of the wasp and I was able to turn my power washer on Uh, and I did not get stung, but I have gotten stung and that's no fun for sure.
1: One of the things that Al and I share which is kind of very juvenile which i'm very happy about by the way Uh, you know if you keep your juvenile wonder about everything uh you'll be a heck of a lot happier I, i guarantee you that that's a guarantee al and i have this similar thing that we're just awed by these little things that happen every day and and like he says he wondered how these wasps make these things and and i look at the corn and and uh if there's anything you get from this, is that look at the wonder that we're surrounded by. I mean, it's just incredible, really incredible. You know, so, I, uh, and I've
0: always said that about you, Norbid, and, <laughs> and juvenile sometimes is, you know, perceived as, a oh, he's juvenile. That means he's, you know, immature or whatever. I've always said that about you. you have You have never gotten rid of your childlike wonder. That's really what it is. It's a childlike wonder of awe of seeing things. I'll tell you, this happened to me this morning. I was driving to work and there was one of these uh, front end loaders doing construction on the side of the road and it had a jackhammer head on it. And it was pushing this 400 pound sewer cover around like it was a piece of a feather. (laughs) And I'm sitting at this light and I'm thinking to myself, my God, look at that. It's pushing it around like it's a toothpick. And this thing probably weighed four or 500 pounds. And it's just It's amazing the things that happen in this world.
1: No, it is. It's an amazing world. It's an amazing trip. And uh, I'm always proud to say that I have a child's mind and an old body. Right. (laughs) I want to keep it that way.
0: That's the best way to go. (laughs) Well, friends, I guess what we're saying is that, uh, you know, your life is really what you make it. And uh, as Norb said, what goes into our thoughts— comes out in our life. And you get what you think about. My beloved brother Peter, who recently passed away, said that to me one time and I never forgot it. You get what you think about. And that was one of the greatest gifts that he ever gave me at the time that he said it because I was really ready to hear that. So we hope that uh, you've had uh, some fun with us today and it's caused you to think and it's caused you to realize uh, that all the things you get for free are really the most important so for norb savannasini this is al edwards and as Norb he says every day is a gift that's why they call it the present so we'll see you next time folks Thank bye you. bye